Welcome to Set That Bitch Free, the Your Inner Babe podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. She is Brooklyn-based, but she's Chicago-bred. She is a chef and a TV host. She is a videographer and a photographer. She's actually been hosting TV ever since she was 14, and she is currently a chef personality on the Food Network cooking channels, The Best Thing I Ever Ate, and Amazon's Today's Deals Live. I, full transparency, have always had a girl crush on her older sister, but Elena Besser, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to be here. So much respect to everything that you're doing. And uh, when you reached out, I was like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> um, I am fully sick today, guys. So apologies in advance. But we're just gonna we're gonna push on through, you know, not every day is is butterflies and rainbows. But I want to dive right in. Um, I mentioned before that you studied theater and film in college. So did I. So we're sisters in that sense. But so how'd you get from there to into cooking? Oh, boy. Yes. Um, so when I was in college, yeah, I always thought I was going to be an actor. Um, and I always loved to eat and socialize with friends through a great meal. I always loved talking about food. And from the time that I was really little, uh, my mom always tells this story about me sitting in my high chair with pasta and pizza all over my face, just absolutely loving to eat. And my grandma going, she just loves to eat, Elena, doesn't she? And it's true. Um, so when I was in college and I got my own apartment, that was when I really dove into cooking and entertaining and having my friends over for dinner parties. And I saw all of the opportunities there. And it really felt like a whole nother form of creative expression. And as things started to continue to progress work-wise, the biggest issue that I had with acting was that I, I knew I was talented. I knew that I deserved to be there. But I didn't want to wait around for someone to pick me. And when I saw the world of food and how it was equally creative and arguably still performative, but you honestly engage even more of your senses because you're smelling, you're touching, you're tasting. That to me, just where I could call my own shots as well and make my own path was what ultimately made me decide to do this. Well, I could not relate to any of what you said more. It's exactly how I felt about acting too. I mean, I spent years being told to change. And finally, I got to a point where I was like, I'm fucking done changing. Like, yes. I won't do it anymore. Um, And I didn't want to wait around to be picked either. And so I love that. That's so special. But so from there, what was the moment that you decided you could make cooking your career? Yes. Well, I, at the time while I was in college, this publication started on my campus called Spoon University. And it was a food magazine for college students, really similar, it ran similarly to how um, like a college newspaper ran. And I was like, what if I took my hosting background and I created my own show for this platform and this website? And I I did. I called it Elena Eats Evanston, where Northwestern is based. And it was basically the same format as Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. And through that, it just kind of 
continued. Um, the ladies from Spoon reached out to me my senior year of college. I thought I was going to go to LA and try to pursue acting. And they were like, hey, Elena, we're in New York. We're doing this full time. And we're realizing that video is such an essential part to stand out as a media company. And we don't really know how to do that. But we know you have a lot of video experience. Like you mentioned earlier, I've been doing on-camera video production work since I was 14. So when they asked me if I'd be interested in helping build out their video department, I immediately jumped at the opportunity. Uh, And it was such a fun time because while I was a full-time student, I was building out this platform and finding students and training them to make recipe video content. And at the same time, I launched my own show called Make It Into a Cookie, where I would turn my favorite foods into cookies. And it just opened up this whole other world to me. Um, And that's what ultimately brought me to New York. I moved to New York 10 days after graduation. That's amazing. I mean, I love New York. I I lived there for almost eight years too. So I could be like, why New York? But I mean, I fucking get it. So, um, but what do you think? I mean, do you think that that chef personality, do you think that's what separates you from other chefs? What would you say separates you from other chefs? That's a great question. Uh, I think that what separates me is the combination of my training in both a really from a media standpoint, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, acting, hosting, and then also from a culinary standpoint. I left Spoon afterwards and went to culinary school and trained at one of the top restaurants in New York under Chef Missy Robbins. While I was cooking with her, she won a James Beard Award for Best Chef New York. And I ended up running the pastry program on the weekends. I cooked savory during the week. I really put in the hours and the, I mean, the hours were 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. on during the week. And on the weekend, it was 4 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I did that for about a year and a half. So I'd say where I stand out amongst others is a lot of the time people have one side of it and really try to push that. But I'm very fortunate that I took the time to really put in the work to get the credentials necessary to be where I am today. Which is so important, I think, for anything. But that's why you're so inspiring to me. I mean, I like I see all the work you have done and maybe I have a soft spot coming from a film and theater background. But I just love that you didn't feel like you had to stay in a career that wasn't for you. You totally picked up and made something fucking happen. Um, when it came to food, what was your favorite part? You worked at Lilia, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, Lilia is amazing. If you guys haven't been and you're in New York run. Um, but what was your favorite part about working in a restaurant? I imagine it's crazy. Oh man, the camaraderie. It is so energizing and wild and intense and you're on your feet all day and it's, there's hot, fire and knives and you spend so much time with these people that they really become your family and it is hardcore it really i joke around that it felt like going to boot camp or military school because it is so unbelievably raw and human and it 
was so addicting to be a part of. Like ultimately the lifestyle is the reason why I decided to, and eventually I did want to go back to media in some capacity, but part of me is always like, oh, I wish I stayed a little bit longer or cooked at a few other restaurants because it really is such an addicting lifestyle. Um, And yeah, I just, I absolutely adored working there. I'm still close with all of my um, coworkers, all the other cooks. Uh, It's such a mental, physical, and emotional game. And it's just the best. I mean, I watch all the cooking shows. I can only imagine what working in a restaurant would be like. I mean, do you ever foresee yourself having your own restaurant or being like head chef at a restaurant? Oh, for sure. Yes, that's definitely in the long-term plan. Um, I really do miss that side of things. And I am currently working on some projects to start integrating the more chefy side of things back into my life now that the TV stuff is going in the right direction. This past weekend, I was actually in Napa guest chefing at a vineyard um, called Hoops Vineyard, a female-operated vineyard. It's really fantastic. And I created eight dishes, one to pair with each of their wines. And that was really fun to you know, be back at it, even though we were filming, um, being able to be in that type of energetic mode where we were on the clock and we had to get eight dishes done in one day and um, film all of it and make it look good and get all the prep done and all of that. It, it definitely is something that I love. And on top of that too, I still do private dinners with Chef Missy and I do private dinners on my own as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, doing some type of restaurant concept is definitely an in the in the long term plan for sure. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of food to cook? I know that's probably asking like to pick a favorite child. I I would say what's your favorite recipe, but I feel like you're super creative and you come up with based on I mean I've only seen pictures, haven't tasted anything, but um you're so creative. So I'm so curious like what's your favorite genre? Well, it really honestly depends on the day when people ask me what type of food I make. Uh, My food is a combination of Italian and Israeli cuisine. Half of my family lives in Israel. Um, So any given day, you could see me making a like lemony sumac spice bucatini with sourdough breadcrumbs and fresh herbs, or it could be um, a za'atar spiced chicken with roasted garlic. I always try to integrate those um, two cuisines into whatever I do. Uh, based off of my family and my training. But then I also have that Chicago side of me um, where I want to, you know, put hot jardinier on everything. <laughs> and um, I'd say the first thing that I ever started getting into food for was pastry. I have this very vivid memory of when my little brother was born, my grandma and I, she was really honestly probably the main inspiration behind me getting into food in the first place. Um, we baked this cake where he was, he's the only boy in my family. And we made this like entirely blue cake together. And it, we picked out just blue M&Ms and blue frosting. And it was like such a creative, fun, inspiring moment. So I would say that uh, pastry has always been something that I've really loved too. It, it's weird because <laughs> any type of like recipe in general I'm here for. I did a lot of bread baking at Lilio. I love making fresh pasta. Uh, It really, it just depends on the day, I guess. 
I think you have to come to Chicago. You're Chicago bred, so I think you need to come home. <laughs> and I think you need to open the restaurant here because we're in need. New York's not. So I think when you are ready for that chapter of your life, you come here and an Italian and Israeli combination sounds like my dream. So I'll be the first one in the door. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Sounds like a plan. And also, I mean, I love that you said that about your grandma. You and I are are much more similar than I than I knew even before this, which is why I love talking to everyone. But um, my grandma was actually the main inspiration for me doing what I do today, too. Oh, so. I love that. It's a super special little thing that we share. Grandmas are the best. There's nothing quite like them. Nothing quite like them. It's actually my grandma's birthday today. So oh, happy birthday, Graham. Happy birthday, Graham. Thank you. Um, but you know, you seem so self-assured and self-confident. And, you know, I think probably that confidence comes from recognizing or being able to recognize your worth in what you do. And I'm curious how you let self-worth fuel your life today. Oh boy, that's a good one. It's interesting. There are good days, there are bad days. I will be fully transparent in saying that to get to where I am today, it hasn't been the easiest road. Like there are multiple chapters in everyone's life, of course, and multiple chapters in everyone's career. And the intense training components of it were all done to ultimately lead to where I am today, of course. But I would say that my time between Lilia and what I do now was a really intense like year of maybe more, I don't even know how much time it was, but of just hardcore grinding and producing video content for my YouTube channel and trying to find a manager to help me out and just trying to knock on everyone's door. And at times I really did feel like a hamster on a wheel working so hard and no one paying attention and being like, hello, I'm here. People listen, I have something to say. Uh, And I would say now that it's finally moving in the right direction and I'm on best thing I ever ate. And I'm now I've made all of these really lovely friends in the industry. I'd say that definitely is what helps my self-esteem is knowing that at the end of the day, if, if all of it were to go away tomorrow, I have a really great network of people that I can rely on that I love. And honestly, beyond the the people in the culinary world, my friends and my family, um, my sister, who you know, has been a massive source of confidence boosting. My boyfriend as well, who I've been dating for eight years, he has always believed in me and have surrounding yourself with individuals where when you have a shitty day or you're like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Which as an entrepreneur, as you know, happen more often than not. Roller coaster. Yeah, it for sure is. Uh, having those people that you can rely on are really what ground you at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Um, so I would say a combination of my network after that long explanation, a combination of my network, my friends and my family, and also too just my training and knowing that I deserve to be here because I've put in the work. Fuck yes. I'm inspired just listening to you. And now I'm hungry also thinking about still thinking about this restaurant concept that I need. Um, okay, but I want to actually talk about the best thing I ever ate. I'm so curious, like tell me about it. What's the, what is it like to be on the show? What's your favorite part about this show? I mean, maybe for people listening who don't, aren't familiar with the show, can you give us a little bit of background? Of course it is a freaking dream. I grew up watching the show. It was one of the inspirations behind going into the food space in the first place, because it is really performative driven Uh, It's a talking head show. So essentially each episode has a theme, whether it be like, so for example, one episode could be better with booze and it's all people submit all their favorite dishes from restaurants all over the US that integrate alcohol into the dish. And they talk about uh, how the dish is made, why they love it, why it's one of the best things they ever ate. And each episode has about seven different segments in it and features a different chef personality. And being able to see the show growing up and see all of these different people talk about their favorite foods just was exactly what I already did on my own to my friends all the time. And now there's just a camera there, which is sick. And being able to, you know, be on an episode or film one day where Martha Stewart's filming the next day, or Alton Brown was there the day before, and just being in this amazing roster of all of these chefs that I've looked up to so deeply throughout my whole uh, career and my whole life has just been the biggest joy. So I adore the show beyond belief. It's amazing to be part of it. I've been on two seasons. I'm going to be in the next two seasons. So I'm officially a regular, which is really fun. And I have about like six more episodes that haven't aired yet uh, coming out soon. Um, And then on top of that too, I actually, um, I'm one of the personalities for Food Network's new app, Food Network Kitchen. Uh, They just launched that a few months ago. And it is essentially similar you're familiar with peloton right yes so it's similar to peloton and what i mean by that is you look at a class schedule and you see different food network personalities um and different classes they're going to be teaching that are all recipe based classes and you can sign up for a class that interests you and look at the grocery list and it will immediately take you to Instacart or Amazon or whatever it may be and populate your cart with those ingredients and send them to you so that you can tune in and cook in real time with your favorite chef. How cool is that? Which is extremely fun. And so I've done about 10 videos a month with them and I am continuing on. I'm actually going to be doing my own time slot weekly with them, which I just found out on Friday, which I'm very excited about. Thank you. Um, And that's just been the coolest because, uh, you know, you're live and then you're live. That's so fun. I'm doing that. I feel like 
why the hell wouldn't I do that? That's amazing. I mean, the main reason why I do all of this stuff and my passion behind cooking in the first place is it really brings people together. And I know a lot of people can be super intimidated by it, but if you have the right tools and you are able to know that you're gonna mess up and it's okay and that's how you learn and the stakes really aren't that high. If you burn it, fine, you burnt it. It is what it is. We'll figure it out. We're not perfect. That's really why I do this is I want people to understand that they got this and I'm willing to just, you know, be their pal along the way to give them a few tips and tricks to make it a little bit easier. I love that. I think, yeah, I do think people get so intimidated and so caught up with the end result. Um, I mean, I love to cook. I'm, I'm no Elena Besser, but I do love to cook. And one of my friends FaceTimed me when she was making a recipe that I had made for her before. And she, she was like, something's happening. Like it's little, the entire apartment is on, is like on fire. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> First, why are we on FaceTime if your apartment's on fire? Second, like, let's take it out of the oven. We take it out of the oven and the entire top, it's fine. It was just the entire top. It was obviously on broil for too long, too mm-hmm. hot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like the world ended. And I'm like, yeah. no, just scrape the top off. Well, I think part of it too is that we're, our generation specifically is so used to instant gratification and also really used to finding ways to make things perfect, whether it be face tuning themselves or being Instagrammable, whatever it may be, that when it comes to food, where it's such a like real interactive experience that instead of trusting themselves and and engaging their senses and saying, oh, this is brown. Why is this brown? Why is it? Okay, maybe it's burning. Why would something burn? Because it's a little too hot. Let's remove it from the heat. We get all flustered and freaked out because we're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm messing up. Oh, I'm failing. And that level of failing freaks people out. So they just don't want to do it in the first place. When to me, one of the reasons why I love cooking is because it's such low stake, constant failing. Um, And I think that's really the only way you can be the best is if you're just failing over and over again so that you can learn from those mistakes and, and then just get better and better as you go. Totally. I mean, my mom and I have tried to make falafel three times at this point and failed miserably each time. So it, maybe after this, you can give me a tip. But I, it is, it is so low stakes because at the end of the day, like, who cares? Yeah. You know. Um. But it is, it is also really inspiring to hear that someone at your level can say that too. You know, I feel like me saying that to somebody like it's fine, it burnt, whatever, is different than you being like this happens all the time. Do you like? I, how much shit have I burnt in the kitchen? You know, I mean, and anything in life, you only get to where you want to be if you pick yourself up and you you keep trying. But how do you maintain such a healthy mindset within the industry? I mean, I, I imagine it's super competitive. So how do you maintain that mindset or that healthy mindset as a TV personality and in such a competitive industry? Oh, man. Um, I think a big part of it is really this sounds so cheesy but this goes back to like grade school speak treat people the way you want to be treated um for me at the end of the day what i always try to do is genuinely be myself and something that i have always done that maybe it's a fault of mine but i wear my heart on my sleeve and 
I'm extremely transparent with everyone I meet. I'm no frills. I'm no bullshit. I keep it extremely real. Uh, and I think that is what's allowed me to stay grounded and maintain a healthy mindset is I'm giving it my wholehearted self. And at the end of the day, if this is grounded in knowing who I am and knowing that I'm just out here trying to have fun and let people know that they should have fun in the kitchen too and continue being nice to every single person that I meet, then like that's the best I can do. That's all you can do is show up as you. And then if you do that, then you also inspire other people to do the same. So I'm grateful that you do what you do. Thank you. I'm grateful that you do what you do. Oh, that's, that's so sweet. Um, now I'm curious. I'm. You said earlier in the beginning that you started your own, like, make it a cookie show. Yes. What was the craziest cookie you ever made? Oh, man. One time I did a Thanksgiving leftover cookie. Interesting. How did that work out? So that sounds weird, but it went really well. It was a cornbread stuffing cookie with cranberry frosting. So I basically took leftover cranberry sauce and made it into a frosting. And then I took leftover cornbread stuffing and added like more sweet spices to it. And it turned into a, and I stuffed it with sweet potato Mm. inside It was bizarre, but it actually tasted really good. Another weird one that I did was a chicken and waffle cooking (laughs) where I took chicken skin and I made it really, really crispy. And then I made a maple waffle cookie and put the chicken skin in it. So it almost tasted like little crispy potato chips. Wow. It's kind of like a, they, there's like a potato cookie or like something like that that exists, right? Yes. Like a compost cookie with potato chips and things like that. Yeah. Yep. See, super creative. You really are that you do get to totally light that creative fire by doing what you do. It's fun. It, it's definitely you're entirely correct. That's also a really special connection between the two, because, you know, people ask me all the time, OK, you went from theater and film. How did you think you were going to end up here? And I'm like, no, if you would have talked to me at 18 and told me that I would be I would own my own coaching business and I'd be working with women on self-confidence and, and shifting mentalities. I would have probably cried because I was so broken at that, at that age, but in some weird through line way, everything I did up until this point connects and it does all encompass parts of my creativity at all times. And, and I see that so clearly with what you do too. For sure. I mean, it's gotta, and in a similar sense, it's funny that you say, if you told me when I was 18, like if you told me when I was 18 that I would be a chef, I'd probably cry too. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm an actor. What are you talking about? You're like, I'm going to be on Broadway. I will be the next Julia Roberts if it's the last thing I do. Uh-huh. But um, no, I think the big part of it too is just trusting it and like following what you love and being willing to pivot. And that moment that I was able to wholeheartedly commit to this was the moment where my life changed forever. Yeah. And it's, it's what you see on an Instagram caption, you know, like find what makes you, you and run with that because that's where the sauce is. Like that's where the magic happens. Um, if you can put yourself at the center. Um, but speaking of Instagram, yes, (laughs) you know, obviously I work with it too, but it's constantly changing the algorithm and all the crap, but you know, you really utilize social to connect with your audience. Yes. Um, so how do you, 
how do you work around that? You know, like what's your, I guess, or what's your favorite platform that you work on? Cause I know you use YouTube too. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Instagram's so weird. Um, I like hate it, but I need it. <laughs> and like, totally. It definitely is part of my um, job for sure. I started doing Instagram right at like the beginning of the food movement. So like when people just started taking pictures of their food, that was when I started my Instagram. Um, and it, at the beginning, it was just like, oh, look at all these fun, pretty photos of food. I did some photography classes in college and like got really into film photography and then like seeing Instagram as a place to continue doing photography was always really fun for me. Um, I shoot and edit all of my content. So when the platform continued expanding, I started expanding alongside with it from a different varieties of content creation standpoint. Um, it It's always, here's the deal with Instagram for me. Um, it has been a great way to show who I am, but it's also held me back in some ways. A lot of people, some of the feedback that I get is, oh, you're so great, but your your Instagram following isn't big enough. So sorry. Uh, it's so weird. Why don't you have more followers? You're, you have such an impressive background. Um, I hear those types of things a lot. And it makes me want to just like shake people because the way that I grew up, And what I was taught is you work harder than everyone else and you network and then those job experiences and opportunities will happen for you. And I would argue that if Instagram didn't exist, then maybe there's a chance that some of these things that I have worked towards potentially would have happened sooner. What I will say is that if Instagram shut down tomorrow, I would be fine. I have a lot of skills that are still completely important in this industry. When people say, oh, you're an influencer, it actually really pisses me off because I, yes, I have a micro influencer Instagram account, but that's not who I am. I'm so much more than that. Um, I define myself as a chef and TV host and no offense to all of the influencers out there because they, I, what they're doing, I don't want to hate on it. I know that it takes a lot of work. Um, and I do really respect that. But for me, I have a lot of skills that still would get hired from a job standpoint. Mm -hmm. Instagram wasn't around. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's great to be able to show my food, show my personality, be able to interact uh, and engage with my friends. But I think that we're hitting this interesting plateau with Instagram where like, or maybe it's the tip of the iceberg. I don't necessarily know entirely, but a lot of people are really frustrated by it and similar to that hamster on a wheel analogy are like, I'm pumping out content. I'm working so hard. No one sees my stuff. No one. Why do I work so hard if no one cares? And, and it's true for sure. And I, I definitely identify with that. But at the same time, what I'll also say is social media has been a big form of how people have figured out 
like who I am and how I've gotten a lot of my jobs. So it's this weird, like love hate really. Totally. No, I couldn't. I, it's funny you say the influencer thing. Cause I literally just did a post a couple weeks ago because someone from my past congratulated me on a, like on a sponsored post sort of insinuating that like, that was my work. Like, how's work going? Oh, I saw you did the post like congrats. And I'm like, that's what you think I do. Yeah. You know? And, and yes, like, it's exactly like you said, it is a love hate relationship. It allows me to connect with the women that I want to impact. It allows me to gain clients. It's the reason my business is what it is today. But I agree. It's the hamster on a wheel. It's, I said this to someone, to my assistant yesterday. I was like, why is everyone growing, but I'm losing followers? I don't get it. And I was like, and I don't, I don't want to care. I hate that I care, but I do care. And I don't really know what I'm doing wrong because I'm doing everything that everybody else is doing. Yeah, and that's what's weird. It's just like, yeah. So I I mean, I'm I'm here. If it's the tip of the iceberg, I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird. I mean, I could it's funny because um I'm at Amazon, I'm their culinary correspondent, and I do their live show every week, and all of my co-hosts are influencers in their own right. And the amount of conversations that we've all had, like sitting in hair and makeup in the morning, being like, Instagram this, Instagram that. Well, you should do this video or you should do that video. It's like, we're all just like throwing my sister and I, when we were little, one time we got in trouble because we um, took the bologna and put it on a spatula and we were taking bologna and like slapping it against our wall in our house. And the reason why I make that analogy is because everybody is freaking throwing the bologna slices on the wall and hoping something sticks and it's only going to stick for so long and eventually it's not going to stick. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Basically what I'm trying to do now is just use it in a way where I define my, I create my own terms for it and don't let it consume me so much because the second you let it consume you, the second you're done. Totally. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Yep. And it, it all goes back. Maybe that's the, the actor in, in the both of us and the actor, the fed up actor, the one who was, who walked away, you know, it's like, we're done. We're done changing. We're just not, we're going to make our own terms, follow our own path. And if it, if it wants to work with us, it wants to work with us. If not, see you later. See you later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're really, really, really awesome. And I mean, like, I knew that, but now I, I feel like I really know that. Oh, thanks. I feel the same about you. Oh, thank your you. Your wedding. I stopped your wedding. <laughs> like, I saw that you got married and, like, Rachel, I was like, who is this friend of yours with the beautiful butterfly ceiling? Tell me more. Yeah, butterflies are my thing. Um, crazy that that was over a year ago at this point. It's really. Oh, my gosh. Happy one year. Thank you so much. But, you know, I feel really fortunate that I was able to talk to you today and I owe that to your inner babe. And, and I'm curious, um, who is your inner babe? For those listening, I would love to know because, you know, I always say the inner babe is your true essence. It's your most authentic self. It's you at your highest and most clear. And I would love to know who Elena Besser's inner babe is. I would say my most authentic self is, you know, all of the pieces of me that feel 
excitement and joy around what I'm doing and around my life and what I've built thus far and living in the moment rather than thinking about the future or dwelling in the past when I'm just like in my image, if I close my eyes and think about it, it's me just like dancing to Whitney Houston's million dollar bill, um, driving in the car on a summer day with my sister and all my closest friends and family. Um, Those moments for me are really where I feel the most like myself um, beyond any work stuff, like beyond if I'm currently feeling really you know, great about all of the work things going on. You never know. This industry is very similar to the acting industry where things are constantly changing and nothing's permanent. But at the end of the day, like if I'm able to turn up some music and let my hair down and and dance with the people that I love most, then like that is truly what my inner babe is. Love that. Oh, I see that too. That was a very detailed description, and I totally see you in the car with with your sister blasting Whitney. I'm in, I'm I'm here. I'm there. Uh, good. Yeah. There's this funny video that I posted that I've actually gotten a lot of comments on that I didn't even think twice about. But over Thanksgiving, my whole family we were all cooking together, and we were playing Twenty Four Karat Magic, and we were just like chopping it. My brother's like mashing potatoes, dancing. My sister is like making a cheese board, singing. My parents are pouring wine, hanging out. Like we were all just like getting groovy and having a great time. And I I would say that was very inner babe of all of us. I love that. I'm going to need to watch that video for sure. But I just want to say thank you so much again for being here. Thank you for having me. It was really special to get to speak with you. And, you know, I already follow you, but I'm definitely going to be recording the Food Network show. I'm definitely going to be tuning into your live on the Amazon app. That is so, or the Food Network app. I'm sorry. That's no worries. So genius. Um, But seriously, thank you so much. And I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh. Well, I appreciate you reaching out. I'm truly flattered. It's super fun to, you know, come on here and thank you for indulging me and letting me talk about myself. (laughs) Um, Always my favorite thing to do. So much respect for what you've built and your constant, you know, determination to help all of us women, you know, just feel a little bit more confident and let everyone know that they got this. I think you and I definitely align in that way where our goal at the end of the day is to just give everyone the confidence that we know is inside of them. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. I will see you back next week, but just remember that the inner babe, you already have her. Maybe she's listening to Whitney. So just keep tuning in to find her. And I promise we'll set that bitch free. Hey guys, it's Jack again. I'm still here. But now that you've listened and you know who your inner babe is and what she's all about, you might be wondering exactly how you can find her, ignite her, and then set that bitch free. Well, the good news is there are a lot of ways. First things first, find me on Instagram, at Jack Goulds, where I go even deeper on some of the topics I cover on the podcast. I share personal anecdotes, a lot about my dog... (laughs) 
and truthfully aim to bring a dose of honesty to your feeds. And I'd love nothing more than to connect with you on there. And then if you really can't get enough, you can also read my blogs, check out my recipes, and even sign up for a quick breakthrough session to learn more on yearnerbabe.com. But finally, and most importantly, if you know someone or you're someone who could benefit from a total reconnection to themselves and increased overall self-worth, you can find out more about my business and about my approach to mentality coaching at any of the aforementioned channels. DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Contact me through the website. Email me at Jacqueline at yournerbabe.com. And please, please comment and subscribe to this podcast. You guys listening and spreading the inner babe word means the absolute world to me. This episode was produced by Dante32.